Hello and I love you and welcome to Happy Sad Talk Thing. How's it going everyone? We got a great episode today and it is, oh, it's so jam-packed with wisdom and radness from my sweet friend Alex Pacino that I don't want to dilly nor dally in this dang intro uh, because I just want to get to the pod. Um, I've known Alex for... A long time, uh, six or seven years now, and he has been one of my closest friends for my entire adult life thus far. And what a gift to get to know somebody and be friends with somebody and get to collaborate with somebody who you deeply admire. And this dude... Definitely, like, has had such a profound impact on my heart and my mind. And uh, it was just so cool to get to, you know, this podcast brings out different things in myself and the, brings out different types of conversations between me and other people. And uh, that I, I really enjoy that. And... I have long conversations with Alex often, and it was so cool to get to have it on this podcast because it was different, and there were just new new lights were, were sh- shown. <sighs> I was almost sounding so smart in the intro. Damn it. Well, I'll leave the sounding smart to my friend Alex. He... he uh, just put out a really fucking awesome album called Out There In Here. Let's just let's 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 let that wash over us for a second. The record is called Out There In Here. Yeah. Yeah, uh I think I want to listen to that album. Uh uh I think I'm going to listen to that. That's so sick. I was so jealous when he told me that that was the title of his record. I'm like that just sounds like a legendary album. You know, it's and y'all, it is a fucking legendary album. I talked to him about the process of writing and recording it on this uh, podcast. And we also talk about I got to write a song with him on on that record. And we talk about that process. And, you know, I feel like we we talk a lot like macro heart mind stuff. And then also like a lot of micro like what's you know what's for lunch and and what do you do when you wake up type of stuff which is all my favorite things and before i explode i got one thing to tell you and it's that wednesday you best be coming to the hotel cafe because that's right this wednesday february 9th i am opening for alex pacino at the hotel cafe mal mallory hauser former guest of this podcast and former and current friend of mine also playing that night. And so is Alex. It's just going to be a great time. And like, don't miss it. Otherwise you'll just be so dumb. And with that, uh, Oh, the tickets are on my Instagram at Mac and the destroyer or on the hotel cafe website or, Alex Pacino's Instagram. You you figured out. Love you. I trust you. Um, but yeah, you know, 
wherever you are, we're still here. That's right. All the stuff that was going to kill you didn't do it yet. So it's nice to be alive. Here is a conversation between me and my friend, Alex Pacino, or as I like to call him, Palix Palcino. Here we go. I've been wondering, like, how am I going to respond to Mac and shouting my name on pod? And I think I'm just going to go opposite energy. Yeah. How are you, Mac? Dude, I'm pretty good. Good. Yesterday we talked on the phone very quiet for a while. We did. I thought it was fun. Me too. How's your day going? My day's been good. It's been a a self-care Sunday. Yeah. Meditated. Yeah. What'd that look like for you? Looked like me sitting on that couch right there. Uh Uh-huh. Back against the back? Or you... But against, but on the edge. Uh, back against the back. Yeah. Crisscross applesauce. Okay, nice. Guided this time. We did a yeah, guided. We nice. did. We did fifteen. Who's guiding you? Sam Harris is guiding me currently. Samuel. Samuel. Samson. Yep. So many great guided meditations that I've done from that man. Yeah. 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 Dude. Tignan Han passed away in the last few days. Yes, I noticed I that, and that is sad. That is sad. Um, to be completely honest, don't know much about them at all. Yeah. He, other than I've seen a lot of posts of people yeah. I really fuck with yeah. having a lot of really wonderful things to say. I honestly like need to learn more about him as well, but I've just like read a couple of his meditation books, mm. and I did a stay at one of his monasteries. He has this... Deer Park monasteries, that, that those are his um, monasteries that he started in, like, Vietnam. Uh, I believe that there are, like, places in France, and then also, like, in California. Cool. Um, motherfucking just, like, bringing Buddhism to the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Dude really went hard. Would talk a lot about washing the dishes for, mm. for the sake of washing the dishes mm. and not, like, to get them clean, you know, like just try, pro- trying yeah. to be present. Process for process. Yes. Yeah. Where are you? I'm turning this podcast on you already. Let's go, dude. Where are you? Uh, I feel like you were on. Buddhism was a, a thing of uh, a, a topic of, of, of yeah. immense interest for you. Yeah. And where are you at with that currently? Dude, I mean, like, I just fuck so hard. With the, the, the general frame of the universe yes. that uh, Buddhism is, you know? Yeah. Um, my practice is, is, which is like all that it is. <laughs> totally. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my practice is whack. Uh, I, mm. I got to get back into it. Mm. I got to start sitting more, you know? Hey. I haven't done some, some like timed meditations in a bit. Um, but I feel like when I was maybe like 16 and really like trying to figure out how I thought about God and religion and spirituality and shit, I remember just being, being like really like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, 
I feel like my my view of the universe has been somewhat consistent for the last handful of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obviously like still curious and stuff, but that was something I was not expecting to be like, oh no, I kind of like I'm still thinking this way about mm-hmm. life is suffering, and then like we can get rid of some of it, and like that's like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're still fucking with it. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you relate to religion and spirituality and what's your journey been with that and where are you these days? Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about that recently. Um well I grew up Jewish. Yeah. As you know. Um and lately I've been I've been thinking about how grateful I am to have been raised Jewish. Yeah. I think you know what was growing up being raised Jewish like? I went to I went to like a Jewish day school, K through six. Yeah. Where, you know, the language class you took was Hebrew. Yeah. And you like went to temple every morning. Yeah. Uh, every morning. Every morning. Whoa. How long? I think is every morning. I think it was like forty-five minutes. Yeah. Um. And do you remember what the uh, like structure of it was? Like of the, I think we would do some sing a song. Yeah, it was very, it was very child friendly. Yeah, it was like show up, do the kind of classic prayers. Cool, the mainstays. So you're starting group prayers, or maybe they're doing a song. You know, yeah, Cindy Paley Booty with the acoustic guitar. Hello, that's right. You know, (laughs) is that the name of the specific? That was her name. That was the music. Hell yeah! And we were always like. Paleo booty. Yeah. Yeah. We loved that her name ended in booty. Um, (laughs) You know, sing songs, do some prayers. Rabbo would come in and tell some stories and do cute shit with us. Yeah. Oh, that was kind of the flow. Yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, I think, you know, every religion has its, has some things where you're like, wait a minute. What? Yeah. Why, why is that what we're doing? Right. If you look at a tradition long enough, you're just like, how the hell did yeah. we decide this is what we're doing? But yeah, all in all, like I think it's there's some really, really incredible takeaways from Judaism. Yeah. Um, what do you take from it as an adult? There's just like, I really like the emphasis on, hey, we don't really know what the hell happens after death, if anything happens. Yeah. But we do know we're here. Mm-hmm. And let's like try and do good. Yeah. While we're here. That rips. And I think that I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's sick. I like my knowledge of Judaism is so based on like the Catholic education that I got growing up. Mm-hmm. And then I, so I like remain ignorant about a lot of stuff because I was like, oh, is it just like everything before Jesus? And then is for you guys too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like, yeah, from what you've told me, there's not like Christianity is like so obsessed with everlasting life. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Everla- and, and there's just not really shame isn't a like core tenant of Judaism. Mm, yeah. Do you still take part in any like rituals or ceremonies uh, or like how does it feel yeah. culturally? Or I feel... I feel like the answer I've been giving to a lot of people when I, like asked about my Judaism is 
I wouldn't consider myself a practicing Jew. Yeah. But I'm definitely culturally raised Jewish. Yeah. Um, and I, my, it kind of looks like me participating in large part for the sake of my family mm-hmm. and knowing how meaningful it is for them and yeah. that I'm there to, you know, celebrate Yom Kippur and be there for the Passover. Seder. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like me going along with it, but also every year that I just, I say it to myself that I'm kind of going along with it to appease the parents or whatever. I, I think I get more and more out of it every year. Yeah. So I'm kind of reevaluating. I'm re- reevaluating. I used to not call myself a practicing Jew, but I right. guess I do like on the day of uh, on Yom Kippur, like the day of 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 atonement and reflection. I I do reflect and really take in like what that holiday is, spo- what you're supposed to be doing on that day. Yeah. So maybe I do. Pra- maybe I'm a practicing Jew. Yeah. That's where I'm at with it. But uh, I'm also yeah. I'm also super interested in. You know, we've talked about it, but it, in Buddhism as well. And yeah, I think my my spiritual quest as of late has revolved around mostly around meditation. Yeah, and learning from more Eastern philosophies. Just I wouldn't call myself again. I wouldn't call myself a practicing anything, but have been the most curious about Buddhist practices and the practice of meditation. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I just remember as I could. A, a depressed in my head teenager being introduced to meditation and I was just like damn this rocks and it just like helps immediately you know it's it's just wild to think about the tools that are we have in our bodies yeah that we just have overlooked for so long as a western mm-hmm. society like you can literally just sit there and turn off Or, or, you know, turn off uh, exterior stimulation. And, like, we've mapped it out scientifically what it does for your brain. It's just amazing in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah, man. And there's, like, man, there's so dang billions of kinds, and I still feel like such a noob in so many ways. Um, But it is funny hearing, like, people... I feel like the most common thing I hear people say when they say like why they don't meditate mm-hmm. is that they're like, Oh my, I'm too all over the place. Right. I can't do it. Right. And it's like saying like, Oh, I'm too weak to go to the gym. It's like, Hey, that's what it's for. Totally. And I think <laughs> maybe there's this misconception about meditation that you're right. not doing it unless you truly have no thoughts. And right. that's like even the highest most yeah. prestigious monks are having thoughts and noting, noting them while they're meditating. Yeah. It's like not, not the goal per se. Yeah. And I think people judge themselves for noticing that they're all over the place when meditating for the first time. Right. Yeah. But more experienced meditators will go like, oh, yeah, of course I'm all over the place. Yeah. And I'm just kind of noting that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about, man. I feel like the... I've talked to you about, like, 12-step shit, right? Yes. And, like, Al-Anon and stuff. What if I was like, no, you haven't? Ah! Dude, what? <laughs> that would be fascinating if we just have to like navigate. Like all of a sudden, you just start denying all these hour-long conversations we've had about like really heartfelt conversations that have. I don't know what the fuck you're talking to, about. To Twelve step. <laughs> I 
basically they're just saying that like take what you like and leave the rest, which is a pretty mm. pretty mm. nice all around uh, approach to things. I think um, it's a good approach to life. Yeah, it's a good one, man. Dude, my dude, my guy. We have been friends for a long time. We really have. We've like been through it in the best way, I think. It rocks. It rocks. I um We've had times together. We've had times together, man. And I like like thinking about all the time that has passed. Like we became friends two presidents ago. How weird is that? Damn. Isn't that wild? That is wild. And just like all the shit that has gone down. Like I really just feel like Trump presidency and pandemic really revealed a lot of core values of people. Mm-hmm. And it was like really shocking and, and you know, uh, eye opening for me and stuff. And like, like my faith was shaken in a lot of shit, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's true for a lot of people. And I've just that anxiety of like, wait, I really thought we were on the same page about this. And it turns out that we're not. And yikes. And uh, so all is that to say, just like, I feel like you've been one of the, the most consistent, uh, I'm, I feel on the same page with you uh, and have for a really long time in a world where a lot of things are ch- yes. changing and going on and me being like, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the exact same way, man. And so I, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that too. And I think it's a beautiful thing of like, you know, as we become older and older as adults, like I've learned at least. You know, friendships are like people are we're, we're constantly evolving and changing, and it's very easy for people's lives to you know come in and out of of one another's life. And you know, I have friends who for no reason uh, are no like no beef, but it's just like we've fallen out of touch. It just we're yeah. different people. It doesn't really make sense. But I feel like you and I have consistently like just been in like just naturally in each other's orbit in a super like just natural way. Yeah, and it feels really good. Yeah. It feels it feels great, man. Yeah. I was listening to we did a an episode of this podcast in the early days of this podcast. It was episode ten. Yes, we did. And also, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but like you were one of the big, like when I was wanted to start doing this podcast, mm. I was like, I don't know if I should do it. And you were very encouraging and supportive. Cool. Um, at that time, and I like it was very possible I wouldn't have done this without your mm. support and encouragement. As well as many other things. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> this guy, you got a big impact on, you've had a big impact on my life and it Likewise. does end today. So yeah, this is where, this is the end ends. of our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to, this is a good way to call it, honestly. Yeah. Just, we're going to do a handshake yep. at the end yep. and <laughs> never talk again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that conversation's not around anymore. Eat shit. Yes. Everyone that wants to listen because to it, it's gone. In what was that? 2016? Dude, it was early 2016. Early 20. I was so hard on myself and was uh, just like, I can't fathom, I can't hear my voice back and I can't believe what I sound like when I try to sound smart. And uh, completely understandable. I mean, like, I deleted a bunch of Instagram posts earlier sure, this year. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, so, but it was, it was online for a bit. Yeah. And then you reached out a couple of years after. And you were like, "Hey, man, I don't know if I if I want uh, this in on the internet right now." Yeah, which totally get in respect. I think it was just that, and it's just it's like I kindly look back and smile at that at that. But yeah, just, yeah. I was in. A, I remember being like in a like somewhat depressed place, and I remember, you know, I, I feel like I don't put that much of myself 
right. my like naked self and thoughts out into the yeah. world so often. So I put, I used to put such a weight on if I do, if I am going on right. pod, if I'm doing one, yeah. if I, I'm like, it has to be right. everything, like the most like distilled what, what I yeah. want is in it, which is, I think, a really, it was kind of a sophomoric way of thinking, but yeah, that was where I was at at the time. Right. Yeah. That was my experience listening back to it uh, today. I, it was honestly brutal for, yeah. <laughs> in terms of me listening to oh, myself. I was, saying, I was brutal. Yeah. I, dude, and, I, and, <laughs> and I hope that in five years when we listen back to this, like we're like, God, this is brutal. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that age, like, it was also the first time that I had interacted with like an episode of this podcast where I was younger than the person at the time. Mm of recording it yeah. and now I'm older. Yes. Um, so I believe you were like 23 at the time yeah. that we did it. And I was like 20, wow. 21. Yeah. And also just thinking about, yeah, that was also two presidents ago. Mm-hmm. And it just like, so that that's what I'm reflecting on today yeah. is just like, damn, I've known this guy for so long and we have changed a lot and we have grown a lot. We and really I have. like, uh, you have just like supported and like been the inspiration for so much of that um, in my life and times. And, uh, likewise. And like the first record I ever produced was your record. We've made, we've made records together. We get, we got records. Yeah. We got a discography, <laughs> baby. We really do. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Like, it's funny cause listening to the podcast that we did together that doesn't exist. So no mm-hmm. one else can yeah. know what I'm talking about. But, but send it to me cause I'm fat. I'm fascinated. Dude, it is fascinating. Yeah. I, it was hard for me to listen to myself and I won't get too much into like, but it's also like, like you were saying, it's like, that's the best I could do at the time yeah. with the tools that I had. Exactly. And it's also the first time like being like early twenties, it's the first time I feel like you've done like spring cleaning on your personality where it's like you had high school mm-hmm. and then like you get to college and you're like, okay, let me kind of just for the first time, I'm going to try some stuff on and, and, and donate some of these other personality traits. Yeah. You're kind of like at version 1.0 of an adult. Yes. Like there's all of those, like there's so many bugs and, yeah. and mouth, like, but you are, it is, you are an adult now and yeah. like you should have like a roughly formed personality and yeah. sense of self. Yeah. But it's rough. It's rough. And it's also like, I don't know, in ways I feel like I'm a lot more open-minded now than mm-hmm. I was then. Yeah. But I also, I don't know. I was just like different and I was simultaneously like, closed off and like had you know like was thinking dumb dumb shit and was also like at that time i remember being like so afraid to also really say what i thought Mm. um not in like uh say like mean be mean yeah yeah (laughs) just like on like afraid to really take a stance on anything totally um or just being like i don't really know yeah um and so it's just (laughs) Well, I'm curious when you think back to like 23 year old version of yourself versus now, um, what do you feel like is, is different now in your life? I think, and again, we have talked about this, but I think, I, I think about just, I, I feel I have a lot more self-acceptance now. Yeah. Just having that like adult track record of the last five, six years to look back on where I'm, where you're like, oh yeah, I've I've been in this feeling before. I've been in this mental state before. This isn't the first time. You kind of, it feels less heavy every time you go through something, good or bad. 
um, for me at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's just like uh, it's like that that song you already are to me. Uh, I feel song. like thanks. It's just about looking back on things like doing our the podcast and sounding like a fool, and yeah. instead of listening to that and go going, oh God, I was. I can I'm cringing at my former self. Yeah. Just really going back and just going like, oh, right. You know, yeah. It's just little, little past 23 year old Alex. And that's, that's great. Yeah. You know, this is a perfect segue because we're in a very particular moment right now. True. Where you have completed an album and it is about to come out. That's right. And, and you have com- just recently completed an album, and it just came out. I did. I did. And I just listened to it again this morning. Well, nice. Dude, I uh, listened to your record this morning. Damn. Um, it's funny because I was listening on SoundCloud, and so there are just like ads in it. Just, it. And it just sounds like shit on SoundCloud. <laughs> SoundCloud sounds like shit, man. I was noticing this this morning. I was like, huh, man, this really did. It like, sucks. I bet like this guy did so much more work than yeah, whatever. <laughs> is able to come through. Whatever. It sounded great. Thank you. It definitely transcended the 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 crappy yeah. streaming quality, but it was funny to listen to like you just like burying your soul, and then it's just like fifteen percent or more. more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I wasn't expecting that. That's how that's that's how the artist intended. But Alex, <laughs> if I can get a goddamn word yeah, in, yeah, 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 go, go. I. I'm curious how you're feeling about this record right now, you know, Pre, yeah. pre-release, right. but post-production. Yes. And you've shared it with people in your life, but also this is the last week that it's a private thing. This is true. Um, I'm feeling really good about it. Yeah. Um, I feel that I finished making it fully. Like I think masters were done sitting on the desktop and like, july august yeah um and i made it in a relative like in the span of a year basically yeah start to finish more or less writing the songs record them get and mix and master yeah so we're talking Uh, like june july 2020 yeah to to june June, july 2021 uh but it does and so i made it in a relatively quick like to me that's quick yeah but i now do it like it feels like a long time ago now Mm. But that process went down. Right. Um, and so I do feel like for the first time, some like actually some solid distance from it. Right. In terms of like the person who wrote those songs and was just deep in the weeds of them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think on one of the songs, you're like 27 is approaching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm literally 28 and a half now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I feel really good about it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm I'm excited to kind of like bookend this process by putting the music out and having people who are interested in hearing it hear it. Yeah. Um and play this um this album release show. Yeah. And like just say to myself like I did it and I'm proud of this and I grew in in the making of this. Uh and it was, you know, it was I think we've talked about this too like it was just this thing that for so many years I was like it was eating away at me that I hadn't taken the time away, like aside for myself to make an album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you talk about that on the record in like a fucking beautiful way. Mm, I was listening to Muse this morning and I was just oh, like, Oh yeah. 
what the fuck? Like the just conceptually. Mm, thank you. It, it's so beautifully done, man. Thank you. And You're those, like the only person I think who I've sent that song to who has understood that that song is about songwriting. Yeah. And just like. I didn't get that on the first on the first one, mm. and it, it still hit, mm. you know. Cool, like it still spoke to me. Yeah. And I I love that on a song when Thanks, it man. like when there's plenty t- on the first go around to to like cool. be interesting and cool and satisfying. Yeah, and then you like uncover a layer to it, and you're like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> dude. Am I being bad for your neighbors right now? No, okay. you're fine. All right, cool. Feel free to. I know Scott's out of town. It's the freaking weekend. Let's yell, man. Dude, it's freaking Sunday. It's, freaking it's time to yell with my bud. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm so excited to like for you to get to share this record with the world, man. Like Thank you. It's just been so cool uh just listening to your songs and recordings for like so long and like just seeing all the work that you put into this and it just like fucking rules dude it's Mm. like truly a masterpiece man fuck and it's just like it's so cool when you see somebody like able to distill themselves into a thing and oh dude it's just so tasteful and tasty and i'm just like really really stoked for people to hear it thank you so much i uh i for a long like for a long time i've been a part of other people's projects whether it's recordings or like touring bands and yeah gotten to be on like in a part of the process with like a whole wide range of like amazing people. And I learned, I I was just like, but none of those projects like defined who I was. And people would ask, what do you do? What, what like kind of output have you made that you feel like defines you? And I just was like, I'm proud of these things, but this isn't like who I am. Like these aren't my tastes. These aren't my like aesthetic decisions. This is me like serving other people's, you know, visions. And I Mm -hmm. like so desperately wanted to just make my own thing top to bottom that I was like, this is what I'm about. Yeah. Yeah. And you did that. And I did that. And then that's sick. I'm stoked. Yeah. (laughs) And you did that. Dude. And as I was listening to your record this morning, I was like thinking about how cool just in general, like, cause we both heard very work in progress versions of both our, our records. Yeah, you were a crucial piece in like. As were you. It's funny, like I, my whole life, you know, you you hear about these people that like, quote unquote, make made albums by themselves, mm-hmm. um, like Elliot Smith and Trip. Yeah, and it's just like, you look at the liner notes. It's like he's not the only name on there. Yeah, like right. there's some other people involved. Yeah, and it, it was just so necessary for me to get mm-hmm. feedback from yes you and two other guys also named Alex. Yes. Um, but what I was, you know, what I was thinking about is just like, um, I remember you sending me the like demos and work in progress things and, and like always being like, wow, this is sick, but also really being like, oh, like this part's lacking this, but like, and like, oh, I like, even though I'm used to the creative process and being able to hear past a demo, it's still just like, this isn't the most distilled, like version and like complete packaged, like version of what this idea is yet yeah and it was just so nice having heard those versions of your songs for years yeah to just like even me just to hear the masters and be like this is mackin like this is it here there it is like there's no thanks man yeah just no caveats no it's just like it's done and it's just so you and it's like it's a beautiful thing thanks dog yeah man
Another thing I remembered is the last time we talked to like to pimp a butterfly had also come out. Yes. And I was like, we were just talking about that record and yes. just being like, whoa, like does any other record mean anything? I, I remember <laughs> listening. I remember that, ex- that specific part of our episode last time being yeah. the part where I was like, what am I fucking <laughs> saying? Trust me. I had a lot of, I feel yeah. like my, my thoughts and opinions about a lot of things have like grown and, and changed yeah. as a result of just like reading books and listening to other people talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, like, what records for you growing up and currently, like, what albums for you made you want to make albums? Yeah. I mean, growing up, John Mayer was the 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 guy who made me just excited about music. And yeah. I picked up a guitar because I wanted to learn his songs. And yeah, I was just so inspired by what he was doing at the time. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like the OG influence yeah um and there are times where i'm like you know he cut he cut he carries such like cultural weight and when you throw his name out there it's like everyone has an opinion or goes right. it's oh god you know right i'm sure whoever's listening to this when they heard me say that had an uh, something came to their mind right yeah which is fast and whereas if i had just said yeah like you know Jimi hendrix it'd be like oh fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> we all know how we feel yeah, about yeah, this. Led, led, you know, Led Zeppelin was huge. Oh fuck yeah! You know, Hell yeah. Like, but no, we, we like, decided as a culture how this is. And, but as I, yeah, as I get, I'm actually, I'm as I get older, the more gratitude I have for having my having been inspired and, and by him. I mean, such a muse, like so much musicality and like tra- tra- great traditional songwriting. He's just fantastic, I think. Yeah. Like, it was such a great baseline to learn music from. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like, you know, middle school, high school me. Yeah. But um, then the Beatles happened to me, yeah. to my brain, and that was great. Yeah. The Beatles and Bob Dylan kind of simultaneously. And Frank Ocean's records have always, I think, I think in terms of like r- active non-legacy artist artists his like output on an like on a record standpoint is just like those are probably the most inspiring pieces of of work to me yeah and have gotten me the most excited about record making yeah and like telling stories yeah excuse me do you Um, remember when you first heard his first record yeah it was what summer 20 summer 2012 uh and I don't, I'm trying to remember what it was about it that just like, I don't think I had, I, I recognized at the time, like lyrically how genius what was going on was, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just these things that we can, I think, discern when something is great, even if we can't like pinpoint why. Yeah. When you just there, I feel like attention, you can just tell when there's been an attention to detail, even if you don't know what all the details are and you can't make decipher what they mean yet. Right when you listen to something or, or see a great piece of art or see a great movie where yeah. you're like, what's happening here is over my head upon the first view or first listen. But like, I can tell this is like, so yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a complete work. Right. And I feel like yeah. that was my kind of just first impression mm. and just aesthetically, sonically, I was so pleased and moved by it. Yeah. And then, you know, it just never kind of got stale for me. I just kept uncovering the layers of that channel orange and like, yeah, 
been like, holy shit, these stories he's telling are fucking fascinating. And people, yeah. I don't think people are realizing what he's talking about in all these right. songs. Like, yeah. And it was just this kind of gift that kept on giving. Yeah. Um, so those are, yeah. Yeah. When did you start recording shit? In like early high school. Yeah. Garage band. Yeah. I remember getting, yeah, MIDI, MIDI controller. Dude, t- let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Laptop? Laptop? La- open laptop, garage band. Garage band, MIDI controller. Yeah. Sennheiser microphone, like SM58 basically type thing. Yeah. And is that, and so your audio interface right away? I think I got a mic and, and, was like, how do I plug this in? Yeah, how do I get this yeah. in? There? Oh fuck! I gotta go back. <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah. confusing we and overwhelming go, at yeah, first. Yeah, gotta go back to Sherman Oaks Guitar Center. That's right. Um, yeah, and it was I. I mean, we we really lucked out. I think guitar uh, Garage Band is such yeah. a massive ha, has such a massive influence on yeah musicians that grew up when we did unreal unreal like accessible educational i think about this a lot yeah garage band and just itunes slash like digital i remember like my guitar teacher growing up would come over this is pre-itunes yeah would come over pre-itunes yeah pre-itunes and we would sit i would I would be like, I want to learn every Green Day song on this American Idiot CD. Yeah. And he... Was Green Day big for you? Green Day was huge for me. Yeah! It took me... I remember taking over two months to download their entire discography one, one song at a time on LimeWire. Hell yeah. But anyway, what I, I, I remember sitting in front of my like sharper image boombox yeah. with my guitar teacher with a CD and like trying to plunk out certain parts by yeah. ear and like having to freaking rewind the CD yeah. to the, to the timestamp every time. Whereas like musicians, you know, post iTunes, right. you can literally just keep the cursor on the moment and click back and click back until yeah. you, and just little things like that. Imagine doing that on vinyl and just being right. like, I'm going to learn this bass yeah. line. Or, like- <laughs> or, or like, you know, blue, like for me, blues and for a lot of guitar players, blues is kind of like the building block of yeah. learning kind of modern rock guitar. Mm-hmm. And like, you couldn't like you had to just play to records, right? But, like if you wanted to play to if you want like if you want to like solo, a la BB King, like yeah, you have to like play a BB King record and like just try and pretend like you can't hear him soloing, right? And it's just you and the like, right? You got to solo yeah. over that, yeah. And it's just like we have we had it good, unreal. You could queue up a little twelve bar thing on on GarageBand and yeah, yeah, unbelievable, yeah, but. What were the, do you remember like what those early recordings were like? Uh, they did not sound good. Yeah. Um, they were, it was me trying to make little covers of songs. Yeah. It was me with, you know, my high school friends making little rap songs. That's right. Of course. Hell yeah. Uh, and just kind of learning what phantom power was like, you know, like, yeah. like, holy shit. I understand what phantom power is now. Yeah. Very and, funny name. Yeah. It's hilarious. Uh, ghost. <laughs> Honestly, sick though. Like if it you is, got to, if you got to name something like name, it something epic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the electricity button. This is phantom power. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's when recording music started for me. Yeah. How about you? Dude, I I mean, I feel like I really didn't get into it until college. Mm-hmm. But when I look back, there was lots of like laugh. I remember like sitting on my on my childhood bed at age like eleven or something, and I like didn't understand that when you like recorded the loops, there were like all the lo- like Apple loops, you know. And I would drag like a guitar loop in and then I would like hit record thinking like, like the audio file was already there in the loop, Mm -hmm. but I thought I had to like let it become alive or something. So I would sit there and what I didn't know is that like my built-in microphone was like recording me sitting there like breathing and I like breathed through my mouth really hard at that time until like honestly a couple years ago when I got my (laughs) deviated septum corrected. Yeah. But, um... So I would like breathe really heavily and, I, and then I would listen back and it would be like, and then like, and I was like, whoa, this is really authentic. Like they got the guitar player breathing in this track. Like this rocks. And I like didn't realize for a really long time. I remember remixing a SpongeBob episode, like, whoa. Um, where he, uh, uh, who's it? Bubble bath that motherfucking like, He's like, you forgot the pickle. <laughs> <laughs> and in seventh grade, I like made a remix of that to show my friends in the Damn. locker room. Um, so there were like little weird things like that. Yeah. And I remember like I had a MySpace song. I had a MySpace music in seventh grade. And I wrote a song called Sandcastles for Louisa Dodge. Damn. That was full we, built in. You, we love a full name that's reference right. to a, a high school or yeah. like there's nothing better oh, oh it hits so good just dropping a, honestly a girl's name from high school we were making some music the other day and you had the, some some blankets hung yes. up in your room and one of the blankets uh just had your entire graduating class yes like all of the full names and it was just so interesting for me seeing all these names for the first time but knowing that they all had like such deep meaning for you yeah fucking fascinating that's my uh my patented alex's childhood vocal booth Yeah. yeah i just have all these like my grandma made a quilt of all my like athletic uniforms and little league yeah you know yeah which is so cool but i I, I made a vocal booth and put you in it yeah that's right of I, my childhood that's correct <laughs> i think that spiritually that is cool i think it is cool it's like cool here's a song here's your song that we're recording be in my childhood <laughs> dude baseball was big for you Baseball was big for me. Yeah. Did you play other sports growing up? Was it mainly baseball? I played, I played like every sport. Yeah. But then it, as, you know, as, as it got older, it, uh, fewer and fewer. And then baseball was kind of the one in high school. Right. Yeah. You played like high school baseball, right? Yeah. Do you yeah. Remember, what position do you play? I was about to say, do you remember? Of course you remember. I, I do remember. <laughs> do you remember what like the baseball looked like? I, or? Me- I remember. Um, it was, yeah, I played, I played shortstop and pitcher. Nice. Um, um, yeah. You pitched? I pitched. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. Dude, what was, what do you look back on those times and like, like what sticks out to you in terms of playing sports growing up? Yeah. Well, I think sports are very misunderstood by the artistic community. Yeah. I feel like athletics and sport have so much in common with the arts. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of my 
skills and my, my kind of biggest strengths as an, as a creative type person and in, and working in those, that type of field, mm-hmm. like can be kind of traced back to the skills I learned from sports. Yeah. Like what? Just like team man, like managing groups of people yeah. and practicing and like yeah. sucking at something for a long time yeah. until you don't. Right. And experiencing disappointment and loss and patience. Yeah. And like, you know, I've gotten the chance to be on some like big stages and like play Madison Square Garden. And like that is just like a crazy adrenaline rush. But I don't and I don't I think I would have been. That would have probably been too much for me if I hadn't been like in what I thought were super pressure filled scenarios in high school pitching, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think just like the pressure of being up there and right. on the mound. Right. Which in which in retrospect, obviously it's a freaking like D six high school baseball game. Who gives a shit? But in the moment But in the moment it's everything. I'm pitching in the game today. I'm pitching I'm oh, and fuck. if I you know, throw a pass ball like season's over. Yeah, Every, this is our last baseball game ever. Yeah, you know? the relative meaning. The relative meaning yeah. was just like everything. Yeah, uh, and just learning through trial and error and, th- and trial and success, like that. Those moments, like you're gonna be cool. It's all good. Mm. I think was crucial to. Yeah, a lot of the experiences I've had in music. Yeah, I like knew that you played Madison Square Garden, but I don't think I knew that you played Madison Square Garden. <laughs> when did you play Madison Square Garden? It was with Garden? it was with Noah, Noah Cyrus. Whoa! Because we were we were opening it was for Katy Perry in like yeah. 2017. And that was a wild time. Dude, I mainly want to talk about you and your artistry and stuff like yeah. that. But also just what was that like? Yeah, I would love to I mean I spent I mean I've spent the last like four or five years touring so down to talk about Yeah. It. Yeah what's 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 been that chapter portion of your life? It's been mostly amazing. as a guitar yeah, player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the listener at home, I sub- I've gotten to, I started like touring in the, as a guitarist for pop singers in like 2017-ish. Yeah. yeah. Is that something you always knew you wanted to do? I, it's always something I knew I, I wanted to do. Yeah. Like, it was definitely a bucket list thing. Yeah. And. When it, when that, those things came around, was it. Like to what extent were your sights set on that type of that type of gig? I think at that time I was like pretty laser focused on trying to make stuff like that happen yeah. because I was still I was like pretty fresh out of college and mm-hmm. I was just like, how the hell am I gonna make money doing music? Yeah, like how yeah, and that seemed it was one something I'd always wanted to do, and yeah. I also felt like if I'm gonna do this, I should like. You, you do this when you're young. I'm not going to like take this up for the first time in my late thirties. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like, Oh, this is within my grasp. I know people who are doing this mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, I think I'm as talented or almost as talented as the people finding success doing it. Mm-hmm. And like, it's on my bucket list. So yeah. I kind of was like, just like laser focus on trying to find those opportunities and make them happen. So it was a super, it was super concerted. Yeah. Effort. Um, and then, yeah, I was, I mean, I got that, like Noah Cyrus was like the first one Yeah. and f- like so grateful for that. It like kind of opened the doors to getting to play with the whole, all sorts of artists. And then 
Yeah. You know, meeting Troy and getting to literally see the world. Uh, yeah. And getting paid to play music and do that. Yeah. And bring music to like five different continents. That's so sick. It's so sick. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, so, what was that? What was that emotional experience like? What was that logistically like? Yeah. I mean, logis- it's touring even, uh, I mean, I, I'm very grateful I've gotten to tour in very like, quote unquote, cush environments, you know? I've not like had to truly like rough it and sleep in the sprinter van with, you know, no showers for six days and, you know, no money. And like, I've gotten to do it where there's a tour manager saying, here's our hotel for the night. Here's the lobby call. Like, uh, but it is still super taxing on, on the body and heart and mind. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, at least when it's worth it. It, and it, it's, I think towards the end of 2019, when I was coming home from like a, off and on like a year and a half of world tour, I was just like, okay, I need to take some time to not do this. Yeah. But it, it was a whirlwind. It, it was, it was incredible. It, it was, I feel like I got specifically touring with Troy, like the, doing a world tour mm-hmm. in 2019, like it's kind of just like like a sampler, like a poo-poo platter of the world. Yeah. Which was kind of a mind fuck. We got to so pause like, real quick and yeah. talk about poo-poo yeah. platter. <laughs> I forgot that You know that what a poo-poo platter is? <laughs> I think I do. Is it just like a it's sampler? Like, it's like the sampler. It's the sam- And one of my favorite things that my brother and I <laughs> say. Why is it called poo-poo platter? I, I, I just love. And one of my f- the, like all-time favorite things that my brother and I say to each other, like instead of saying not the sharpest tool in the shed, we go, not the best wonton in the poo-poo platter. Oh! <laughs> Fuck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Please continue sharing your heart and your mind, but damn, I really got to look more into poo-poo. <laughs> yeah. I just remember there was like, and this, I mean, this is going to sound so braggy, but it was just a crazy mental exercise and experience of I, within like a 10-day span, I was in Norway, the US, then Buenos Aires. Yeah. Well, and just to like experience, like, I don't think humans should, <laughs> it, it's like way too much for the brain to comprehend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To like literally just touch down somewhere and it's fully just the other yeah. side of the world. If I take a different route to work, I'm like, yeah. this was, yeah. my day is fucked. And it's like, <laughs> you're there for 48 hours and now we're going to go to fucking Australia. Yeah. And like, it's just like, what the yeah. fuck? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So grateful for it though. But yeah. it, it, it was a just like, you know, touring the States is one thing where, you know, you're in a, a new state every day, but being in a new country every three days yeah. is crazy. Yeah. And I would, it, it made me be like, wow, I can't wait to spend more time in this one place or be like, you know what? Seeing this place, don't really like it. Not, no, no intentions of coming back here. Yeah. But Norway, you hate Norway. No, I, lo- I love Norway. I would love to spend more okay, time. Okay. We can talk more about Norway later, but it's, I'm getting The rest strong. of this podcast is about Norway. <laughs> yeah. Want to know something interesting about Norway that Dude, I, didn't, I do. Like, I, okay. I let me tell you something. I don't know anything about Norway. So it's kind of like, I mean, my impression of it being there for a cumulative, probably. I was in Norway three separate times in 2019. 
That's, but I've been there for probably that's nuts. That's nuts. I think I was been there for an <laughs> accumulative five days. Yeah. It's a very like at least the parts of it that I saw a very kind of sophisticated, clean, progressive, forward, mm-hmm. like seemingly green, yeah, place. And then I like I was like, what's their like biggest export? Like how? And then it's just oil. And I was like, God uh. damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, the reason this place like yeah. has like just they're crushing it is like oh they just like got a ton of oil and they're selling and they're yeah it's like damn Norway was almost perfect that's that's all I got to say about Norway dude one day I'll go to Norway yeah highly recommend I wanna know more about like what what art are you fucking with these days hmm I've been the last kind of like big tip I've been on is Bruce Springsteen tip. Yeah. Um which I can go into in a second. But I think I'm like now I'm I'm in this place where I'm like I'm ready to download so much new art into right. my brain. Yeah. Uh cuz making this record I I remember thinking to myself like and it was like peak COVID when I was writing this record. Yeah. And I was like, I want, this is my first and only real like artistic statement as an artist myself. Mm-hmm. Like I want to make sure I'm pulling from like my most core uh, influences as opposed yeah. to just like hearing the latest and sickest, like, you know, James Blake release and being like, I gotta just, I gotta get a synth sound like that. Cause that's yeah. so fresh. Right. And just being like, there'll be a time and place for that and and being inspired by like current modern trends but i just want to pull from like my bread and butter influences but now that i did that i'm ready to download a ton of new stuff to my right hard drive but and i think the first bruce springsteen has kind of been the first like yeah new influence right right yeah dude i want to hear more about the process of making your album let's do it let's take me from take me from the start of the first song to right now I, like when did the songs come? When did the recordings come? I'd written Muse song. Yeah, that was the only one that was like pre like that was like a like two thirds of the song was already done before like pandemic hit, mm-hmm. and I had that like lying around. But after that, it was like and that's a song you wrote like I wrote while uh, touring. Yeah, like end of 2019. Yeah, um, and I I basically. In, like right around the pandemic time, so the pandemic hit. Uh, girlfriend I was seeing for over two years, and I had broken up. Mm-hmm. And my dad also had a like kidney transplant. Yeah. And so there were just these big kind of heavy things happen. You know, the yeah. pandemic happened to all of us, but it was heavy for us all, especially in those like beginning weeks and months where we truly were just had no idea I for- what was going to happen. I forget all the time. Then I'm like, remember how nuts that was? Yeah. We were just like wiping down all the groceries. Yeah. I remember I was listening. I One of my like little things I've been doing is going back to old like New York Times Daily podcasts of, oh. of like April 2020. Whoa, fast. And I remember them doing like an episode on like single people living alone through the end. They were like, yeah. I'll never have sex again. <laughs> Like, I don't think I'll ever hug anyone ever. <laughs> and it was just like crazy where we were, where yeah. public consciousness was at. Yeah. We had no frame of reference and we had no idea no. what the future held. 
No. And I feel like the, the full impact of it, we won't even know on yeah. ourselves. I mean, the, or... the ripple effects of this are just mind-blowing. Yeah, and it's still happening, yeah. but it's just, it's so wild to remember the different chapters of this. It's it, And yeah. it's, to go back to the, the, like, start making the record, like, those kind of were three forces shaking, yeah. shaking the snow globe of my life. Right. This is the emotional context yeah, at the, the beginning. And and then we, we found ourselves in this, like, lockdown period where, I mean, from, like, April till July 2020, it was really, like, if someone was like, what'd you do this week? And you're like, I kind of tried making bread. Yeah. They were like, oh, yeah. amazing. And so it was this beautiful time where I really yeah. truly felt no FOMO. I didn't feel like there was any pressure if I have to be doing something with my yeah. days in my life. And you were living here by yourself. I was living here with, and I had just kind of moved in here. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd had all my equipment set up and ready to go. To, right. And didn't have like roommates like yeah. that I felt were hearing what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, kind of nice timing where like, cause you had spent and, a large period of time yeah. setting, like just making your Setting the state. Nice. Exactly. And, and I'd spent like, so I'd spent the last like year and a half, but really like four years, just like kind of constantly touring. And mm. I, I remember looking, I don't think there was a time where I was in LA for more than five weeks at a time Yeah. before like 2020 to, since like 2018. Yeah. You were and in I was just like, you were in Norway. Yeah, I was craving just like being in one place for an extended period of time mm-hmm. and like making stuff. Yeah. And obviously all the caveats about how horrible, horrible the pandemic was and has been for the world, but it was if I had to pick the time for it to happen, it was kind of like stars aligning for me. Right. Uh and I just remember like genuinely feeling inspired and having th- so much I wanted to get off my chest. Right about and just like catching myself up to speed on my own life through song yeah um whoa and catching myself up on my own life you know through song yeah damn that's um, cool thanks um and so i spent kind of this six month like april april till what october is that six I spent like six, seven months just yeah. writing songs and purposely like making shit demos. Yeah. And what does that like process look like for you? Are you sitting at your desk with a DAW open, recording little ideas and yeah. are you pen and paper? It's this, this, this process was like, yeah, it was DAW is open. Yeah. And there's usually guitar on the lap. Yeah. And I remember like allowing myself, I've always wanted to be one of those writers who like writes lyrics first, mm-hmm. but I, it's just not me. And yeah. it comes, hearing just little fragments of music and yeah. progressions is what gets me kind of like the jump rope going that I'm like, how do I hop into this like mm. double jump rope, you know? Yeah. Um, And that, that kind of works for me. But I remember like making a concerted effort to be like, once the demo starts sounding decent, like no more fleshing out any music things. Like mm. I purposely gave myself like four drum samples to like a kick, a snare, a hat and a crash Word. for like all the demos. Word. So like just enough scaffolding. Because I've spent so many, like I'm, I've made the mistake and knowingly did this in the past, but just would like, you know, out of fear of finding out that I'm not the great songwriter that I was and I can't write a worthy verse too. I would just kind of like, Oh, well, maybe I'll make this little like, cool sound and then 
mm. inspiration would then leave and I never wrote verse two. And then I would be finished with like a really good sounding incomplete song. Mm. And so I was just like, I'm going to, the focus is on like writing freaking songs, like yeah. lyrics and melody and yeah. form mm. and chords. And like, I'll use, I'll like let myself have a DAW so I can like loop shit. Yeah. So I don't have to like play it with my fingers while I'm like coming up with lyrics. Yeah. And so I can like be inspired by sound, but like, yeah. I can't allow these to sound too good mm-hmm. because I need to not spend the hours that it takes making things sound better and to do that and instead like r- figure out what the hell I'm trying to say narratively. Yeah. That is so cool. Like what a, what a mature level of self-knowledge where you're like, I, I know I'm this way and yeah. I want to embrace the way that I am, yeah. but I also want to challenge myself and set certain limits. Thanks man. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, and maybe the next like phase of creating stuff is going to be totally different. Right. But I just knew where my pitfalls were and where I was yeah. like failing to like complete finished ideas. Yeah. And I was like, not, I was like, not this time, buddy. Mm. Did so. you get stuck in that process? Was it pretty steady? What did that look like? It was, I w- well, I also have to give credit to, I was in this like, songwriting group that called quarantines that we mm, called ourselves and a, a nice. few a few friends close friends my friend tori was like invited me to like hey what if we weekly got together on zoom and like tried to write a new song every week and share yeah. it with, and i was like i get these texts all the time and normally i'm like yeah right there's no way this is ever gonna work but mm-hmm. i was like actually i'm in the middle of trying to write a record and yeah. i actually have so much time and yeah I'm home all the time and yeah. we all are and let's actually do this. Right. And it was kind of one of those things where you know, normally you get a group text we should all go bowling every Wednesday. And it's like, yeah, right. This isn't going to, but it actually happened. And we yeah. met 20 weeks in a row. Yeah. And like, I tried Damn. to have, I tried to have something new to share every week. That fucking rules. Yeah. So I have so much, I think I would have written songs on my own, but like it was such a great push to like yeah. have to try and have something Yeah. every week. And was there discussion? Was there feedback? What was that part? Yeah, like? there was, it was, we would send an audio file and a lyric sheet to the group mm-hmm. the day before. Mm-hmm. And then everyone would kind of drop their own notes and then we'd talk about it for like three hours. Whoa. Like, there were pro- I think there were usually like five or six songs shared. Mm. And we would talk about those songs for like three hours on Zoom. Were you meant to show up having like listened to everything yes, already? Yes. Nice. Exactly. That's sick. It was really sick. Yeah. I, I owe so much of the just getting these songs out to that. Yeah. To that, pro- that group. Damn, that's cool. Um, But I was, I, I you know, I think there are those people and I, that are always writing songs. They're always outputting. And I've like come to terms with the fact that that is not me. Like mm-hmm. I'm a phase person. Like there are phases in my life where I feel super creative or I like, the stage is set in terms of the like logistics of my life where this would make sense for me to like mm-hmm. a lot just happened. I also happen to have a lot of free time and my shit's set up and I live right. alone now. This makes sense where other times mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I'm going to Norway three times a year. I don't think I'm going to have the capacity to write songs. Like yeah. this is like I'm on tour. Mm-hmm. I'm wor- There's no way like logistically for my brain writing songs on a consistent basis is going to happen. Yeah. Um, again, rad self-knowledge. Yeah. And so I forgot what the question was, but 
I'm just curious I'm the, yeah. about the process of making this record. Yeah, so that's kind of that's how the songwriting went down. Yeah, and then I, you know, I was sending these songs to you a lot. Yeah, and you were giving me such great feedback, and we wrote a song on that record together. Dude, I forgot that we did right? that, and then what, you sent me the finished thing, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, what we, an honor!" Straight up, I, I wouldn't have, you know, co-writing is a really tough thing, but I felt it's really I tough. Feel like you're our friendship and like the relationship we have, I was like, actually co-writing makes sense in this capacity. Yeah. I feel Mac knows what I'm talking about. We have a rapport. This isn't going to feel just like mm. a pop plug and chug meet a stranger, try and write it, write a hit song. It was like, mm-hmm. I had a concept and you, we, we talked for hours about the concept just like yeah. outside as friends and like, yeah, it made sense. And I'm so stoked. You got to dude. One of my favorite, be the only co-writers on the record. Oh, not wait the only sorry yeah yeah well of course yeah big uh, guy upstairs big, big guy upstairs <laughs> <laughs> who's getting fifty percent on every song that's right I really want to say God, God. is male but <laughs> <laughs> but then we have to explain God is male we should or do we just say God is male and <laughs> <laughs> God, God, the is, boy, <laughs> God is male. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> um, that was one of my favorite co-writing experiences, man. Um, and yeah, it was just so nice to just like sit and chat and just like really talk deeply about each part of things. Yeah, and it felt like super. Uh, just comfortable, you know, yeah. pitching ideas and hitting things with hammers. And we were we spent a lot of time, yeah, trying to get that right. Yeah, I was thinking about the different things that we've done together. Um, like uh, essentially the things that we've worked on together, like, like music that you've produced of mine, mm-hmm. and that song that we wrote together, and Werewolves Track Seven. Werewolves Track Seven. Um, and then we're like working on something right now as well. Mm-hmm. Another song, uh, that you're producing. We're doing some co-producing. That's right. It's a blast. Um, but I think that was the, the, maybe the first time that we had different or we had the same role creatively. Yeah. You know, true, true. And in our other capacities, it was like, okay, like I'm going to be on the turret and you're going to be driving the tank. Yeah. Dude, I love the military. <laughs> dude, like, I love quick, the military. Quick pause, dude. <laughs> How sick are guns? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is tra- taking an alt-right turn. <laughs> God is male. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh boy. Yeah, it's true. And we, we, like, really went line for line together. And, like... Yeah. I think we did like four separate Zoom sessions until the lyric sheet like read correctly. I remember that exactly. It was like four four hour sessions. Yeah, and I was also thinking about that. And too. that was the third time I tried writing that song. Where I remember, I sent you like version one of a full song oh, with yeah. like four verses. Yeah, and I trusted your feedback. I I had been sending you songs, and you'd be like, "This song's great." I would maybe think about changing this line, and, and I sent you the version one of Werewolves, and you're like, "Hey, man, like." I don't know if these verses are right yet. I don't know if the story's mm. right yet. And I was like, he's correct. Mm. Do you remember that? I do remember that now that you mention it. And and, and then I, I, I was like, why don't I just have Mac and help me? 
Man, I feel I feel proud of that song, and I like in terms of like I feel like we. Who knows like how people will respond to yeah. it? Yeah, I'm I'm curious and excited Me to too. hear. Um, and a little it, nervous. And a little nervous yeah. as well. <laughs> um, but it in terms of like talking about what we wanted the song to be mm-hmm. and you are coming to me with the original vision of the song and yes. like, and then just like putting in like slow, steady progress to realize that. Yes. And just like, I, I think we did a good we job. We saw it through. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that was, that's a good feeling. You yeah. Know? And like, I was just going to try to do it. And then yeah, I do feel, and like, I hope this doesn't come across as just like, continually patting like patting the self myself on the back or anything but just no man this is i'm curious i feel like that process of of like that example of us writing that song together was like what i got to take to every like aspect of making this record like Mm. and i owe i feel like so much of it i owe to there being a pandemic like yeah like i with with the lyrics of i like this is the first time i ever like wrote a body of work where i was like there really are no throwaway lyrics. Like every moment that I start as like, ah, I don't know. Like that's kind of like a shit line I rewrote. Yeah. Like every, every, and then when I like producing the album with Dan Fox, the legend, yeah. like no one had shit going on for like eight months. Cause also like if you had shit going on outside in the world, like, yo, what? Yeah. Like, this is everything was canceled. Sketch. Right. And so like right. we, there was no like ah I got a gig oh I got I'm gonna be out for the town for the next two weeks like right. let's pick up when I'm back like oh I have right. this dinner thing with my family and like oh I gotta like none of that yeah. I'd never had that in the creative process before like yeah. oh shit like I, you know there was just nothing we would just do we would do like these long days together yeah and it'd be like what are you doing tonight it's like nothing obviously. <laughs> And it was just so to have, we had like, it was the only time I really felt like creatively time was on my side. Mm. Like I just got to like you and I, there's no way we would have taken 16 hours to write werewolves. No. Right now. Right. There's no way as much as we love songwriting and each other and like, right. How like righteous we, we are. It's like, we wouldn't have been able to carve that time out. There's just no. Yeah. 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 And like, I got to do that on the production. Like Dan, I was just going over to Dan's every day. Yeah. And we were like in our own little bubble and that was all we had to do. Man, I'm curious. At what point did you decide, because you're such a capable producer, at what point did you decide, hey, I want to produce this with somebody else? So I just remember like, I've like in the, in the four or five years of me telling myself I'd make a record and then never doing it. I would just daydream about like, how would I make it if I ever did have the songs to record? Mm -hmm. And I just like, you know, we're both so lucky. We know so many incredible musicians and like, I just know there are strengths that I don't possess that others do Mm. that I would love to like, who's, and those strengths are like in line with my tastes. Like Mm -hmm. I have a lot of tastes that I can't carry out on my own, Mm -hmm. but there are people I know who can. Yeah. What were those specific strengths that you sought after in Dan? He, I just like view him as a synth god. Yeah. And he's like, he's kind of just like an Ableton synth, like drum programming, like 
just like atmosphere and vibe creating like a guru. Yeah. And he basically like he produced this record. I lived with Dan senior year. And so we were always like in each other's orbit. And then. Word. I didn't know that. Yeah. He, we, he was in the Menlo house. I think he was one of the Robins. In the, oh, which, upon our first upon meeting. Upon our first meeting, which we'll go back to in a sec. We have to. Uh, but that's actually an incredible that, first encounter. That rocks as an origin story it, yeah, of our friendship. Literal origin story, Robin. But okay, so uh, he had produced this Eat record. Shit, listeners. Yeah, <laughs> he had produced this record for Ryan Beattie. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's like a pretty. I don't. Pro- he's a pretty prominent like singer. He's done a lot of stuff with like Brockhampton. Mm-hmm. He's he's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like such a huge fan of this record and, and I like was so blown away by Dan's work on it. Yeah. And I was like, Dan's so big time now. There's no way he's going to like, I, I reached out, sent him the record and I was like, maybe he'll, you know, have time to do one song or like uh-huh. do a day of synths with me. Yeah. But he heard the record and he like responded so well to it and we like had a nice little meeting and it just yeah. felt, off, it felt like, Oh, we're going to do this whole record together. Like this. And yeah, we started with one song and he, yeah, it just like we had this synergy. I feel like where mm. we had such opposite strengths. Like, yeah, I'm such a like organized, real audio like f- management, like project management, mm-hmm. guitar. Like, those are my like it. I, those are my kind of strengths. In, yeah, and he, he's kind of just like fucking vibe out and just throw a bunch of synths at the wall and like yeah. open Ableton and just like fuck around and make crazy shit. Yeah. And it was like a yin and yang, yeah. just like match made in heaven. Did that balance happen right away? Did it take a second to dial into each other's it kinda, energies? It kind of did. Like yeah. we started with growing dreaming. Yeah. Uh, and it just like, that was the one he was the most excited about and I was the most excited about. And we both just kind of saw eye to eye on it. Mm. There was never really any moments. We were always in the room together. I would always kind of like, anytime we would start a new song, I would do, I was like, all right, I'm going to do my 20 minute spiel. Right. And I would just tell him every, my hopes and dreams for it, what the song is about. This is, this is what I want to sound like. Here's what I, I like about my demo. Here's where I think it could go here, are the references. Mm-hmm. And so I like really, we took the time to make sure we like knew what we, what we were going after before just getting into the weeds. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What were your <laughs> days like together? Would you start it at the same time? Would you I would eat together? Yeah. We would start at like 10 or 11. Yeah. I would go to his place. He had a little home setup very similar to mine, mm-hmm. but just more synths. Yeah. Um, and cool outboard stuff. And I would like, you know say we were starting a new song, I would prep that he's an Ableton guy and I'm a Pro Tools guy. So I'd, mm-hmm. I would like, you know, the night before yeah. transfer it all into Ableton, make right. sure all it all worked. This, so is on the, this is on the computer? On the computer. Okay. Uh, and you're doing a lot of this music in the computer, right? That's right. It's These computers are... What is going on? <laughs> uh, and I'd, you know, bring the hard drive over. Yeah. Give him the session. I'd bring over lunch. For, for myself, he'd usually cook himself a little lunch. What are you bringing over for lunch? What's your pack? I lunch? was making a lot of tuna sandwiches. Oh, fuck! I, I was bringing had a tuna over sandwich. a lot of power bars. I was bringing over a lot of Lacroix. Yeah. 
I was getting occasionally we'd we'd blitz ourselves, which would be this thing called the morning blitz down at Lassen's. You gotta get blitzed. You gotta get blitzed. A delicious juice. Uh and you know, we'd probably usually finish around four or five. Mm-hmm. And we would just do that weekdays. So we like turned it into like kinda you know, we, we didn't work on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. It was a magical time. I'm like so I look back on the writing and recording of it with like true fondness. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys talk? We do. Nice. Yeah. We were going to try and talk. I think I'm actually going to talk to him right after this as I drive to my parents' house. Fuck yeah. For my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, Bart. Yep. Hell yeah. That rules. Man, we got a show coming up. We do. I'm excited about it. I am too. February 9th. February 9th. At the... Hot Elk Cafe. <laughs> elk Cafe. Yep. Hotel Cafe. Uh, yeah, I should probably, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Hotel <up>. Cafe, February <laughs> 9th. Mackin sets at 7. Mal <laughs> plays at 8. I'm playing at 9. That's right. I'm stoked. Dude, I'm fucking stoked, man. I'm stoked to see you play. It's been a minute. The thing that was also the parallels between uh, our conversations now yeah. in our conversation that we had uh on the last episode of this podcast is that we were also preparing to play a show together true at the House wow in Marina Del Rey. Uh, holy, yeah dude wow a lot of weird little spooky uh clinky dinks weird <laughs> listen man i've never said clinky dinks ever <laughs> <laughs> i do put a mic up and these things happen <laughs> <laughs> dude um yeah, man. How is how is that process? When's the last time you played a show? Like Alex, probably show. that show. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I played a lot. I played literally probably six hundred shows. Yeah. That weren't mine between right. then and now. Right. Uh, but this is my yeah. I'm basically my whole going my like plan and vibe with this show is like I'm going super hard on this one show. Yeah. And I'm just. I don't think I have the means or desire to like keep playing shows in the LA area full band. Like yeah. I just don't think it's sustainable and I don't think people give enough of a shit at the moment. Obviously yeah. if those, if that changed, I'd love to play more music live. Yeah. But to do things the way I want to do them, I'm just like, let's do one awesome show. Let me get like the best band ever together. Yeah. Let me just put a lot into one show Yeah. and tell people about it. And that'll kind of bookend this whole like album process for me. Fuck yeah. Um, and I'm stoked that you're opening. Oh! I'm I'm excited to see the show. So that's that's the vibe. We haven't yeah, we haven't rehearsed yet, but I've been it's it's a crazy band. Yeah. Karina and Adam from the Troy band. Yeah. Brian. And songs that have not existed in that context yet that Cor- you kinda have to translate. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I have no idea how I'm well, I do have an idea of how I have a very good idea of how it'll go, but haven't heard it yet, so. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, like learning your own music. I have had to do that because I did not write these songs just with a guitar in hand and that's it. Right. Yeah. There's and only a handful of these that are like singer, songwriter, playable in that type of right. form. Yeah. So it'll be cool. I'm stoked. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> Such a curious man. Dude, I'm actually looking at all kinds of stuff. Yeah, dude. Sometimes I'll go on Google and just type all all kinds of stuff in there i just picture you always on wikipedia oh my gosh what donating to wikipedia 
not just when they're asking for money, but yeah. even on the off season for them. I think Wikipedia is my bank. <laughs> so, every- <laughs> so I'm like, dude, I'm putting so much money in the bank. <laughs> what do you feel like you learned uh, from making your record? Is there anything that you would do differently now mm. or looking back takeaways process wise? I'll start with like the least profound. Least profound is I have zero intention of making a record in Ableton ever again. Mm. <laughs> Ableton is sick. Ableton is a digital audio workstation for those yeah. non-musician folk where you can record and manipulate music to make yeah. records. And AKA, it, AKA a DAW. We AKA, said DAW before. A DAW, exactly. Didn't, didn't define it. My and bad. Pro Tools is, is the one that I mostly use. Ableton is sick for like cooking up fresh ideas but if you're trying to make a finished like like finished record Mm -hmm. it's not the place to take something an idea that's at 50 percent baked to 100 i would Mm -hmm. i would do that in pro tools it's kind of a nightmare to do that in ableton the first 50 percent is awesome in ableton yeah uh but there are just limits that uh, it's not even worth going into but just trust me folks finish your record in pro tools (laughs) That's something that I, I'm fascinated in. Do you think you'll start more shit in Ableton? Maybe, probably not. I like I've I learned so much watching Dan work that I've like figured out how to appropriate his processes in right. Pro Tools. Think, and I'm like, think oh, Ableton. If I just like make this little template, it's essentially Ableton vibes now. Right. Nice. Um, That's sick. Yeah, but takeaways from making the record. Yeah. Drums are really hard to record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I did it. I give myself a B on recording and and mixing and engineering the drums. We've been doing uh, recording of drums as humans for about a century, you know? Yeah. It's still so, it's still so hard and mysterious to me. It's, it's crazy. Also, did you yeah. know the, like tomorrow never knows by the Beatles? Yeah. Is the first close mic. Yeah. Drum song ever. Isn't that wild? Before that, they were like, I don't know, maybe this mic should go 12 feet away from the drums? There were there were rules at EMI. That's right. I read that story in the in the yes. um the Jeff Emmerich book. Yes. And he was like fucking 21 or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe even younger. He might have been like 18 or yeah. some shit and was like, I'm gonna freaking break all the rules. It's an and- amazing it's Beatles invented close miking drums and music videos. That there was no such thing as a music video yeah. before the Beatles. That's so wild. Um, yeah, that blows my mind. But to, on a more prof- like b- uh, kind of zoomed out note, something I think about I, this, I, something I think about that I took to this and I want to just lean into more is something that someone has said on your podcast. I think it's Bella Porter, who I don't mm. know if I've actually ever met. Really? But I, I remember listening to that episode years ago. Yeah, and you asked her about songwriting. Yeah, and she's so fucking good, dude. She was saying something along the lines of, I just remind myself that I could literally make anything. Do you remember her saying that? I don't. She was like, one thing I, like, if I'm ever stuck, I just remember like, oh yeah, I can make anything I want. Yeah. You can just make anything. Right, I'm free. I'm free. I could yeah. just, yeah. And whenever you're stuck, it's just such a beautiful thing to be able to tell yourself. Wow. Where it's like, oh yeah, I could literally just say 
Poop, 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 pizza, whoopity scoop, whatever you can do it. By and, the way, I love that track on your record. It's it's poop, yeah. poop, poop, it's, pizza, it's only scoop. on Bandcamp, but yeah, <laughs> you can do it. You can you yeah, can say that's right. That's the beat. Yeah, and I, I I tried that as much as I could, and I I want to just lean in more to that in all my creative endeavors. Like mm. just truly, like you can do anything. Yeah. Fuck it. Right. Yeah. Mm. Man, you still talk to Randy Newman? Dude, this is something, I have very few regrets, but I don't, this is one, and maybe this is the catalyst for this changing, but I don't currently talk to Randy Newman. It's been like four years. I want to talk to you about Randy Newman. Yeah, let's do it. How did you get to meet Randy Newman? So at SC. Yeah. There, if you remember, there was like that mentorship program that yeah. was like I slept on that Thornton wide. It wasn't within our pop program. Yeah, like in the whole music school, there was this like mentorship program that was like you're able to apply for as ju- a junior or senior. And uh, USC is a crazy place. Sure is. I'm very grateful for our time in the music school there, but it's, it's yep. a wild, wild place. Oh yeah, uh, maybe the most scandalized university. Yeah. Of- Ever. <laughs> lots to say there. Yeah. Lots we, of influence, good and bad, that place has, but they also had a world renowned list of mu- mentors in the music industry. Yeah. That this program was giving access to if you applied yeah. and like wrote a good little essay. Yeah. And like Randy Newman was one, like Glenn Ballard and Randy Jackson and like Mo Austin, like crazy names. Yeah. And I was just like, was like, I would like to have a mentorship with Randy Newman. I'm going to just try here. There's no way I'll get this. Were you familiar much with his music before that? Like, what was your relationship to Randy Newman pre applying to this thing? I was, I hadn't like fully listened to his complete discography, but I was well aware of a lot of his works and aware that like he is one of the greatest American songwriters of all time. Yeah. Like the, one of the, biggest like contributors to the great American songbook. Yeah. And I like wrote an essay explaining why I think he should, I should be his mentee and like it happened and I got it. And for my senior year, I basically like had this like mentorship with him where effectively I would just go to his house like once a month. Yeah. And we'd hang out in his little like studio slash office. Wow. And just like play each other songs. Like, I would play my dumb as hell songs that I was writing at the time. And he would play me what is now his most recent record. The one with like Putin girls. Dark Matter? Dark Matter. He played, he was just playing me work in progress versions of Dark Matter. What? It's insane. That is so cool. And, and like, I think that that's his best album. It's, it's amazing. That's so fucking cool. And you were just fucking just... Just chopping it up, yeah. Workshopping, yeah. And I, you know, here's what I'm working on, Randy Newman. What are you working on? I don't want to get too like tell telly about because he, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, like, I don't want to infringe no, upon no, that. No, but I think we're good so far. Like he, it was just awesome. He's he. I was I was so nervous, yeah, before meeting him, and yeah. and and honestly, going into, I was just like, you know, we we all struggle with like self worth and self value, and I was just like. I do not deserve this. I felt like I'm such an entitled USC piece of shit. I don't deserve getting to go to Randy Newman's house once a month. That was kind of my outlook at the time in 2015. Mm -hmm. 
but I would go and it was amazing. And yeah. every time I would show up immediately, he would disarm me of those feelings. And he was just like the sweetest man. Oh, do you remember what you talked about the first time that you met him? I just remember telling him what influenced me and like what I wanted to be doing. Yeah. And him like hearing me and be like, you're totally on the right path. Like you deserve to have a career in music. Like you're, you're very good. You should keep doing this. Whoa. It was like so nice. And he, fuck that rules. So, so unreal that he yeah. wanted at this stage in his life and wanted to give him like his time and, yeah. And like efforts and, and, and energy to like helping younger people who aren't doing exactly what he's doing. And, and like, just also one cool thing that I will, t- I, I will take credit for is I was really getting into Blake Mills at the time. Yeah. And who's like super Ry Cooter inspired. He's, a, I don't know if you know who Ry Cooter is. Like, I've heard the name, but I'm not super like influential guitar player who like played, yeah. was a huge part of Randy's music, like as a guitar player. Oh, word. Uh, uh, big studio musician. Okay. Like Blake, his main guitar is like a Cooter caster, like mm-hmm. Ry Cooter's version, take on Telecaster. Uh, yeah, Telecaster and Stratocaster. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, Randy, like I'm kind of obsessed with this guy, Blake Mills. This record just came out. Like, and let's listen to it. Yeah. And he was like blown away. And then he's like, hey, I met, I met that guy, Blake Mills. And like, like a few weeks later, they were just out of thing and they met each other. Yeah. And then Blake was a producer on Dark Matter. Isn't that crazy? So I like, I'm sure they would have met anyway, and I'm sure it would have happened anyway, but I like technically introduced him to the music of Blake Mills. Whoa. The last awesome Randy Newman story I, I would like That's to share. That's so sick. Is we were just talking about records that were inspiring. Yeah. And I... Fuck, dude, that's it's so crazy. Cool. I didn't know it's that. It's crazy. That's so tight, This dude. is tighter. This story is tighter. Dude, I'm excited. Uh, And you know how like pre like post Spotify like everyone's iTunes was essentially just like a few records yeah or just like bounces of things they're working on yes so like we I would like bring files to listen to on his like computer and like they like you know double click and they'd open an iTunes yeah and like the only record he had in his iTunes library was Yeezus by Kanye West one of my favorite records ever made yeah and which is just like not something you would expect like Randy Newman to be. No. Like. And I was like, holy shit. Like, you just, like, are you, are you a fan of Jesus? Cause it had come out like a year and a half prior. Yeah. And he's like, this is, the, I love this record so much. Whoa. He's, so, he's Kanye is such a genius writer. He has such a sense of humor. Like people yeah. don't understand this record, but it's brilliant. Yeah. And I was like, yes, dude, like you get Whoa. it. And it was just yeah. so cool to me that like, Randy, like a member of the Vanguard in his time, but, but effectively an older man who could totally be a curmudgeon and like not open to new music. Like Like, a lot of his peers are curmudgeon. Totally. You know, like that was one of the most abrasive records that come out in the 2010s. Like might be one of the most shocking and like that it was like kind of like Dylan going electric vibes like people yeah. either loved it or hated it right and like it's just so sick that he he got that record yeah. to me. like I was just like this he is a real one that's and, so sick and I anyway in the years I, I've in the years that have followed I like have been too afraid to reach out because yeah. he is such a legend and for so long I wasn't writing songs and I was like I don't have anything to show him or other than tell him like I'm playing guitar with these pop singers and that's cool but like mm-hmm. what should we do 
Yeah. But maybe I, I should send him this record. Dude. I can't advise you on this. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that you asked for my advice no, no, at all. No, I, I was about I to should. say you should, and then I, I was should. like, what the fuck I do should. I know? I've never been in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> a comparable situation. Yeah. Dude, when I was hanging out with Randy yeah. Newman. <laughs> dude, I love Randy Newman. I had a You've, big... Uh, yeah. I just like listened to a shit ton of Randy Newman yeah. uh, this year. I've you been did, doing you, like deep dives on which discographies. Is so, I, which is so cool and that you've been doing that. I, it's like, I don't know why I feel compelled to do it this way, but um, I really like getting a portrait of like somebody's entire like body of work. Yes. Um, especially somebody like Randy Newman that's like been around and like made most of the stuff that he will make. Yes. Um, and he's somebody that has like, like there are so many highlights for me in Randy Newman's shit like late in his career. Yes. And that is so fucking rad. Should just be like, because normally it's like make dope shit and then worse shit forever. Yeah, like artists did cool things in twenties and then got married yeah. and life happened and Less like inspired but is more gone. expensive sounding yeah. socks or right. whatever. And it's such a, I mean, there there are reasons for that stereotype yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of my favorite artists, that is the case. Yeah, but it's just such a beautiful thing when an artist makes such a poignant piece of work. Yeah. Dark, like th- that Dark Matter record. The latest Bob Dylan album. I have not heard the latest Bob Dylan album. Also, his album, his 2001 album, Love and Theft, Bob Dylan's album. It's unreal. Yeah. Or like, do you ever listen to the Alison Krauss and uh, Dude, Robert no. Plant record? No. Like, that shit's fucking. I'm. I'm yeah. Okay, also the Bruce Springsteen, The Rising. Yeah. He's just kind of later in their career albums. Like, right. Such an inspiring thing that, yes. like, you can continue to grow and make great art. Yes. And it's like, Especially in the like landscape of the music industry right now, it's such a like. Yeah. If you aren't making your seminal works by age twenty two, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like that is kind of the yeah. the energy. Yeah. Even though we know it's bogus, but it's just like. It's I hard haven't to heard sh- the word bogus. Yeah. In a while. <laughs> bogus. bogus poo Put a mic up. These words come out. Clinky dink. <laughs> but yeah, it's super inspiring. Yeah. Did he did he say anything about like songwriting when he was giving you feedback? Like, did you have any memorable pieces of feedback? He said so much stuff. I'm trying to remember. There were things where I would show him songs of mine. It it was really kind of workshoppy where he yeah I'd pull up like the lyrics and he'd be like, you know, I think this could be more descriptive. I think if you're gonna go, I'm like I'm painting an image right in this verse. Yeah. Like, I think you could. But at at the same time, he's also such a genius of the matter of fact. Like yeah. He can get like so descriptive, but also can just be like, I miss you. Yeah. You know? And it's like, he's, yeah. that's his strength. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. I remember at, like asking him, you, you know, his album, Good Old Boys. Yeah. Controversial. The, controversial. Doesn't I, age well, honestly, for me, you know? Yeah. I asked him, like, what was it like releasing that record? Yeah. Like, there's this, I mean, we don't have to go into detail. There's just some, some very risk taking lyrics on that record. Yeah. On that record. I mean, I'm down to like contact just for the listener and, yeah. and I, I, you know, this is just my thoughts on it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm so curious. He's like a, um, a, I think a misunderstood writer. And a lot of times we'll kind of, kind of honestly similar to me for, for Ben Folds, like mm-hmm. where people will, will put him in a uh, novelty category. Totally. Um, totally. And totally like, yeah, just assume that it's all whimsical silliness. Yes, because of the delivery and because of Toy Story. Right, yeah. And he is so funny. 
Um, yes. And like that is such a like strong suit for him um, in, in, in a really profound way. And it's all, he's also like remarkably melancholy and mm-hmm. deep and insightful, but he's like really satirical and he's really, uh, and to me, like the, 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 um, the song, the great debate yes. on dark matter Unreal. puts his That's whole, the first song on the record, the right? first song on the record puts his like whole thing where he is like, you know, has is having this great debate of like modern philosophers and yes. and people, and and then he like like tears himself. He's like, oh well, like you're such a fucking contrarian, Randy Newman. Like you, what you think, like your ideas are unassailable, right? And then he like kind of tears himself apart in yes. a way that is like such a good asterisk for me, like yes. in terms of humility and like even listening to our podcast from fucking five years ago today, mm-hmm. I was like, yikes re things that I was saying. Yeah. And so, you know, I want to afford myself the space to grow and change. And like, basically Randy Newman has a one song where he's like making a deeper point in a way that now is like harmful, you know? And he, cause just cause he was like, he has this one song where he just like says the N word a lot. Yeah. Um, and the point he was making to me at the time, like was, Hey, Northern white America, a lot of times you judge white Southerners as the racists of America. And, but really you should look at your own communities Mm -hmm. because like, you know, basically like let he who is without sin, but not even just being like pointing out, uh, coastal elitism, white hypocrisy. Yeah. And that is a valid point. Also just pointing out the racism of the South. Yes. But, but, but more poignantly, what the, the form. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 But I mean, he writes a lot about race in a lot of his thing Big and, time. and some of it like, you know, is like, okay, yeah, I could see how that would be progressive in the, in the sixties. Right. Like, yeah. but it, you know, the language doesn't totally. age good at all. Totally. And, it's like taking the, like, li- like his song, short people. Yeah. Which is so amazing. Unreal. To me. Yeah. Just like, I think it's taking the logic and the comedic timing and right. like way of going about delivery yeah. to that song Rednecks. Yeah. And, but it, and, and it hasn't aged as well as like short, just yeah. like, okay, back to the like Bella Porter, you can say anything. Yeah. Pulling off short people got no reason to live in a song. <laughs> yeah. It's so legend. Everyone short should die. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he has that one song on the end of one of his like eighties, early eighties records yeah. that's called Pants, and it's just like you said, yeah. I'm gonna take off my, my pants. pants. <laughs> Can I take off your pants? And it's it's Dude. just like he was the most like truly unexpected art like career wise. I was just like I as soon as I think I like uh, have understood yeah. what this guy is trying to do artistically, it's he'll just so, blow my it's just mind. Like whenever you're like, oh, I get. I mean, we all do. We get so yeah. in our boxes of this is what it means to make a record. This yeah. is what it means to write a song. <laughs> okay, this is the verse is done. The chorus yeah. is done. This is what it is to tell a story and and create a narrative. It's yeah. like artists like him are just like. Yeah. LOL, dude, you don't like <laughs> you, man, you're so close minded. Your blinders are so on. Right yeah. Now. And that's how I feel listening to Frank Ocean too. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, wh- why am I putting up these blinders on my creative process? Yeah. That's how listening to yeah. both those artists make me feel. Dude, a hundred percent. And I definitely had yeah. that experience a lot listening to Randy Newman. And yeah. he strikes me as someone who like wants to get it right and is currently like 
continuously engaged in a lot of self-reflection and you can totally. kind of see his ideas evolve as America evolves. And yes. like, so and he's I, so interested in America, like motherfucker loves, he loves America. America in like yeah. such a not outrighty way. Like he is my favorite and version. Why, and of that's a why Patriot. I love Bruce Springsteen too. Yeah. Like I feel like those two are so like, I think we need to make it cool again to like, believe in like the values of this country and yeah. what it can be and what they could stand for in yeah. the best of in the best of ways and obviously taking account for all the horrible atrocities this country is you know, yeah but just like if we want to start try and solve a lot of the problems that we that face our world like yeah i do think we kind of need to like there, like some form of patriotism that is isn't toxic and corrupt like mm might need to happen in order for us to like pull together and make things happen for the common good. Mm. And those two to me, like in, in their songs are so like patriotic for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's cool. Yeah. I feel you, man. I'm, I'm curious to hear your, your thoughts on like how you relate to this country. This country, dog. <laughs> Man, I mean. Big big question, but I mean, like, just the way you were just speaking about patriotism um, and, like, the non-toxic version of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm an optimistic person. I yeah. feel like that's just my nature. And, you know, you, you have the choice to either just say, fuck everything, we're all so fucked. Or this fucker was yeah. so fucked up. <laughs> or you have the chance to say yeah to to acknowledge yeah. realities of situations, but also hope for something better. Yeah, and hope that like change is possible. Right. And I I I find myself on that side of things. Yeah. Because it's the only way I can like exist and and be happy. Yeah. Per, you know. Yeah. I know a lot of people who don't afford themselves like day-to-day -day happiness because the climate change is a thing. Right. And it's like climate change is going to be a thing if you decide to be happy or sad right. in your day-to-day -day life no matter what. Right. And it might be a better, we might be better equipped to try and fight giant ops, giant things like climate change or whatever, AI, whatever, if we're coming from a place of belief that we can maybe solve some problems as opposed to we're all fucked mm. and just, yeah. 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 I think that that is noble and cool. Like in terms of an argument for optimism, um, and like affording yourself like personal serenity and like, maybe I'm actually best postured to help when I am yeah. doing good. But I think that there are like cultural, like you can think of like, activists as cultural critics you know totally. people that are the most outspoken about leftism and and things as like the the patriotism in that i guess mm -hmm. um one thing i was struck about at, with randy newman and like honestly like with with like my dad and just people and i'm i'm one thing i'm just wrestling with personally right now yeah. is like when i ask that question of myself i really don't feel patriotic yeah well I, I mean mostly i'm ashamed to, to be an american yeah no i'm not saying that you're like 
like, oh, so you think no, everything no, no, is sick that it no, happens? No, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I, I feel, you but know. But it is an interesting question, it, you know? It really is. And I just, for some reason, the idea of patriotism is like, like, I just really don't. I'm just like, whatever, dude. Like, yeah, I don't. I know that that is like, I could hear saying that to, you know. Yeah. Somebody else and then being like, do you have any idea like all of the n- things that had to happen for you to have this? Right. It's like, totally. I, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's tricky, man. I just don't feel allegiance to America, you know? Yeah. I, Sorry to I do this I on you. No, no. <laughs> this episode of <laughs> that's great, man. interview with you. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> no, but I, I, I and I, and I, I, I don't guess, fault I or judge you for I, your no, thoughts. No, where I'm at is I feel the exact same way. Yeah. But it's just that I would like to. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. I would, cause I'm going to live here. I don't, I mean, there are some places I'd like to live on this earth no outside way. of, yeah, Norway could be chill for a little bit. Uh, but ultimately I, I realistically see myself residing in this country for the most of my life. Right. Yeah. And if that's the case, let's make it nice. I'd like to like be proud of this place. Yeah. Yeah. If possible. Yeah. You know? Totally. I think that is cool. There's a part of me that I think maybe it's a superiority yeah. superior thing uh-huh. that just, and maybe it's like a deep cynicism or something like, I don't know. No, Because you want to remain it's skeptical so and critical uh, of the right the, things. Yeah. But. And I guess like, yeah, I'm so, I, I, I feel you though. Like I'm so skeptical. Like if you ask me, yeah. How I like if I had to predict what's going to happen and how we're going to combat climate change, how we're going to combat AI, how yeah. we're going to deal with surveillance capitalism, yeah. what's going to happen with the wealth gap in this country. My my predictions are pretty uh grim. I don't right. I don't uh I'm I feel like I'm pretty realistic when I'm like here's yeah. what's actually going to happen. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'm just nullifying everything I said. No, not at all. I think you're painting like an accurate and complicated and honest portrait of like how you think it feel, which is all I'm, all I'm curious about. And I appreciate you allowing me to like, Oh no, dude, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we're like getting to this good shit, man. It's just interesting, you know? And I'm like talking to you about the world, like helps me Mm. figure out how I feel about the world. Truly likewise. And, uh, yeah, I feel like you've always just like helped me. You've helped shape my heart and my mind. Okay, fine. <laughs> I have to pee so bad, dude. I have to pee pretty bad too. Would you be down to pee and then hit a little more? Or Absolutely. Is it How are we? Let's check what time it is. Word. Uh, it is yeah three fifty. Oh, that's beautiful. That is wonderful. We're so good. I'm so good on time. Should we freaking pee and then and then do like a quick another like. 10 minutes yeah let's pee and do however long until you're until we're like you say we're done glorious man i just have like a a couple other things i want to ask you about wonderful be right back cool dude we just peed we just peed i think it'd be pretty punk rock if you left that entire (laughs) (laughs) i'm curious my friend yes what what's on the horizon for you personally creatively as you're wrapping this chapter up, mm. what's what's next for my 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 dude? I feel like the next 
I guess the short answer is I'm not entirely sure. I would love to like get on another tour this year. I feel great on the like creative output part of my life at the moment. And I'm ready to just like do other musical endeavors. And I feel like I've gotten to sleep more or less in my own bed every night for the last couple of years. And I'm ready for my life to be a little insane again and go on tour and, Mm. and adventure do the, do the adventure. I feel like I have one or two like big tours left in me before I'm like, I got to pack it in and like become a home studio person. Um, I do think I'm gonna, you know, I, I think we, we've had talks about this and it's now like almost cliche to bring up, but I don't think it's pronounced cliche. It's cliche. It's very cliche to bring this up at this in, in early 2022. But like, I do think we need to be talking about this more like, and, and have it not feel cringe or, or lame, but you know me, I've taken like social media hiatuses for yeah. a couple months at a time. Yeah. One thing we didn't chat about, but yeah. I was, I was curious about like, uh, and by no means am I the first to do it. And now we're in a place where I think the public knows that these things are bad for our brains yeah, and for our societies, yeah. which is amazing. I've been like so passionate about this issue since like, 2012 yeah and i got used me to, hip to a I, lot of yeah and i used to shit. like you know go on my tirades about how these companies are evil and everyone thought i was fucking insane mm-hmm. and now it's like literally public knowledge and yeah. it's a beautiful thing totally. um yeah but you know not that i'm justin bieber but putting my music out has forced me to like exist online in some capacity and it's very hard to just like delete while I'm in this phase of just putting my music out and like right. wanting to like put myself out there to be heard. Right. But I'm very excited to like put this record out, play the show and then just log, log off for like an extended period of time. Yeah. And see what I've, we've, you know, remind myself of what we've all been robbing ourselves of. Mm. Yeah. Um. So that that's part of the, yeah. Fuck yeah. It's a bit like, think about, I mean, have you ever taken like a proper sabbatical from social media? No, and I'm I've tried and failed. And yeah. I think it would be very healthy. And I like want to just in general be more intentional about like what I want out of that. Yeah. And what I'm trying to do on there because it's a lot of times it will bring out the worst in me as it's designed to, to do. Yeah. You know, I don't think like I'm having a a no. fucked up experience because I'm fucked up on no. there. <laughs> but it's like a lot of times it will just be desperation and yeah, inauthentic sort of like trying to look cool. It is an insane dance that we're doing as a society every day yeah. on average from two to four hours a day. It's insane. It's wild. It's man. absolutely insane. And I, and I think it should become like, more normal to say and not yeah come off as lame to be like social media is bad right because it's like we're exhausted of that conversation but it's also we we don't tend to have it in like a, yeah the and most we're so helpless way. we're so helpless yeah it's truly it's it's near impossible but i think it's only going to become more and more impossible to leave right and now is kind of our last chance to maybe try Word. or try and redesign these things yeah before shit it, before it is truly too late yeah. Which I think it will be very soon. Yeah. And to like, I, I think it's like, we need to like hold on to any sliver of autonomy we have. Yeah. And this might sound really 
crazy to anyone who has like, I think there are people, I know a lot of people who have very healthy relationships to social media. They have mm-hmm. the capacity to just, you know, check it 20 minutes a day. Yeah. I do not. Most of my peers do not. Mm-mm. I become totally behold, beholden to the endless scroll. Yeah. And uh, it's hard for me. Yeah. So I'm excited to do another one of my yeah. multi-month yeah. peace outs. That sounds sick. Yeah. I also want to do that. Helpless is a good word that should describe the feeling of like feeling, you know. Yeah. Like. uh, And the thing is like, I'll do it. I'll feel good. And then a month in, I'll have literally missed out on things in the analog world because I wasn't on there. Yeah. And I will feel alone. Yeah. Because, and I will be missing out on information about my social world. Yeah. And that will suck. (laughs) <laughs> it's so weird because it's like and then it'll ultimately pull me back in and there'll be a reason I need yeah. to get back on there it sucks that like I wonder what the big systemic changes would be in order to make it not a horrible thing to be on there yeah. <laughs> you know it's like and not leave it up to like individual yeah. responsibility yeah I mean because like, that's not the answer I think, I mean, I think I have the, I think Dude, I know I what the so answer is to that. Dude, I am so curious what you, what and, you and think of that. I recognize I am uh, not a professional in the tech space and I'm a, a, a mere musician. But, but you I put I, a lot of deep thought I into do. This is like, being on the internet. This is the issue I'm the, I'm the most passionate about. Yeah. And I admire like how well informed you are about it because I know that you are like regularly taking in good information on this Thanks. subject. I do. I just think the the ad supported model is yeah. what has led our society astray. In yeah. This, in this particular industry, mm. the the surveillance capitalism, ad, like if we if it was took on a Netflix model of if there were no ads, therefore mm. they weren't optimizing for time on site, right? And we're just optimizing for an experience that customers would want to continually pay for. Right. A la Netflix, a la iMessage. Like iMessage is social media. Right. But you don't hear anyone complaining, ugh, I fucking hate iMessage. Mm-hmm. Because they're not designing it. They don't hire literal casino developers to work on iMessage. They're literally just making right. like social media yeah. companies. They're, it's just a service that is designed for you. To, like everyone I think loves iMessage. I don't know anyone who's like, I hate this platform. Yeah. Uh, it's not designed to keep you on there. It's designed to be a great communication tool yeah. and be something you would buy an Apple product for. Mm-hmm. If we could optimize not for time on site, but quality of time using product. Right. I think that would solve so m- and so many so many issues. Yeah. And if and I think if that if the if the business model changed and if instead of algorithmic timelines we went back to like a pre 2013 model where it was truly a timeline, like chronological here, are all the things you follow, you've gotten to the bottom. Mm. The, this Mac posted this right after Brian posted this. And right. you are seeing that first because that is the timeline. Here's where you left off. Yeah. Here's, here's time. Yeah. And if our timeline was not algorithmic and it was truly only showing you the things you've signed up to see, Right. I think it could be a great place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, what are the, I know there's podcast slash podcasts that you listen to about this. If people are like hearing this and want to, want to 
check yeah. more. My favorite podcast about tech, uh, yeah, and and the the social media space, uh, is um, God, what's it called? The Tristan Harris podcast. Um, your undivided attention. Yeah, that podcast is wonderful, and I think Tristan Harris is wonderful. That's okay. where I would go. Yeah, start at episode one. Dude, any other any other just hot wrecks uh, that aren't your before asking you where people can find your stuff? Yeah, which yeah. I would I would love to for people to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but are there other things that you're just like, hey guys, check out this, check this out? I want to point people to a book that you pointed that you gave me, mm. the Jack Cornfield book. Ah! Uh after the ecstasy, the laundry. There it is, right there. It's all in it's, that. It's sentence. all in that title. What an unbelievable title for a book. So sick. After the ecstasy, the laundry. Boom. Thank you again for that book. It was beautiful. Of course, man. Saw it in my therapist's office, and I was like, mm. I had thought about the just the title of it for years, and I was like, I should read this book. It's <laughs> it's such an incredible title and such a value. Just hearing that phrase, it's like, you just go, okay, after the ecstasy, the laundry. Yeah. Yep. You just go. Yeah. Yep. I know. Yeah, dude. And motherfuckers t- telling you stories about dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Yeah, true. There are, there are dragons in that in that book, too. Yeah. And, yeah. oh, man, just, like, people experiencing just, like, the depths of human suffering, you know? Yeah. He, he describes some heartbreaking shit, and then, like... I have a, like, notes app on my phone of just sentences that struck me from that book. I got to do more of that type of shit. That if you read kind of out of context, it's like, it sounds so foofy, but ju- or, or just, but it, it, he is, it's just profound. It's an incredible book. He's, what he's, a legend. he's the goat daddy Jack, as we refer to him. We love daddy Jack. <laughs> Hell yeah. What about you? You've asked so many great questions. Any, what, anything you would recommend to your listeners that you've been effing with as of late? Are you talking to me right now? That's right. Dude, um, dumplings are pretty easy to make and they're so tasty. <laughs> Hell yeah. And you can like, oh, oh, just fucking go to H Mart. I've been going to mm. H Mart recently and it's just like, uh, different kinds of Asian groceries. Have you been crying there at all? Crying at H Mart? Yeah. Is that that's the that's the Mitski album title? Uh no. Oh, the it's Japanese, Japanese breakfast, breakfast word. book. Book. Yes. I've actually heard so much good shit about that book. As have I. Crying or not crying, how cool to just go to a completely different grocery store with completely different shit. Yep. And uh, just fucking more. rocks. Like yes. I was just like, why? I've been missing out on this the whole time and like mm-hmm. I'm still getting into like the difference between like a Korean dumpling versus a Chinese dumpling versus like I don't you know, what do you, what can you what are some defi- nothing yet okay cool <laughs> cool nothing yet but I know that they have them in different sections of the store cool um, but it feels weird to be just like yeah it's an Asian grocery store but it is just like Vietnamese and Thai and yeah. Chinese and yeah. um, dude the last question i have for you is that since i'm thinking of this conversation in the context of the last time that we recorded a podcast together yeah five years ago six years ago almost six Six years years ago ago. yikes man that's cool that is cool dude six years in the future and we had like 
already made a record together then. Yes. And and also I was thinking about this like that was also the only basis of our friendship. We never told the Batman st- or the Robin story. Oh yeah. Dude, will you tell the Robin story real quick? Sure. And real I have the final yeah, question. And then you have the final question. Yeah. Real quick, the Robin story is essentially first time I met Alex. Uh my senior year of college, your freshman year. Yeah. Halloween. Yeah. I thought it would be funny if my entire house, nine of us, dressed up as Robin and there was no Batman. Uh, so we all got Robin costumes and did that. And then I was out and about on campus and you were wearing a Robin costume as well. Yes. I se- separately with a group of three people had the same idea. Which is... <laughs> crazy that is crazy nuts (laughs) we were like what if we were three robins there was no like saw this on a meme page thought it'd be funny if i copied it It yeah we truly like had that original thought yes totally i really don't there was no youtube video where i was like we should do that too yeah it it was literally just us randomly doing that and you were so friendly and kind and you said oh my gosh like you should come to the yeah come to our yeah come to the pregame where all the robins are just gonna be fucking hanging (laughs) and that like level of like synchronicity like funniness and then also kindness where you were just like okay come hang i was like i was a freshman you know you're a senior that was sick dude god is god is good god is god is good (laughs) dude i've really been fucking with buddhism lately and i also want to ascribe uh human gender (laughs) to Well, that'd be human sex. sex. Human sex. Yeah. Good. That's a good. Uh... Human sex to God. Yeah, human sex to God. <laughs> God, God have male. My guy. Okay. Yeah. Your question. Six years from now. Yeah. How old will you be? Thirty-four. Damn. Yep. We sit down and do it. We'll do another podcast. We should in six years. What are you? What are you hoping to look back and? What would you say to yourself in six years, but to now? Wait, wait, what would I say to... So what would I, my 28-year-old self, say to that person? No, or other what, one. Whoa. What do you think future Alex would what a heavy offer question. you in that in right now? And you have to sing it. <laughs> JK. I think it would be doubling down on what I'd tell my, my 23-year-old self, mm-hmm. which is just like, it's all good, dude. Chill. That was, mo- that was mostly sung. Yeah. I-, I think, yeah, it's all good. That's all I got right now. Fuck yeah. I wish I had something more profound, but maybe that no, is kind of profound. That's that's what I needed to hear right now as yeah. current Mac. So I appreciate you, man. Thanks for fucking doing this, man. Thanks for doing everything. Thanks for being my friend. I love you, man. For- Brother, I love you, man. I love you. Oh, my guy what what a nice thing to have i'm so glad we did this i'm so glad we waited till now to do this man i really appreciate you thanks for making the time and i will have you delete this in three weeks (laughs) dude yes and then after that our friendship will be over that's right it's been a great friendship yeah here we go shake cool man pleasure doing friendship with you we will be enemies next time we record in six years that's right Love you. Bye. Bye. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking.
so 